Great. As we've been saying already this morning, it's just absolutely wonderful to have so many people out here today, and we're now going to prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. In this church, we uphold the priority of the preaching of God's Word, and it's just a privilege to be able to share it with you this morning. And over the past number of months, what we have been doing in church is going through a series where we are looking at encounters with Jesus encounters with Jesus and it really is great to know that so many of you have been blessed through it and today what we're going to do is look at some ordinary men who were going about an ordinary day but it became extraordinary whenever they encountered Jesus. So if you have a Bible please open it at Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and we're going to read verses 18 through to 22. Matthew chapter 4, and we'll start reading at verse 18. This is the inspired and the authoritative word of God. And Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. And as he did this, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Amen. And we know God will add his blessing to that reading from his word. The word Christian has become a nominal one in our society. It means very little in our nation. According to the Bible Society, around 50% of our nation in the UK would describe themselves as being Christian. Yet only 6% claim to be active Christians. And as active Christians, what they mean is people who would attend church up to once a month. And yet 5% of active Christians do not believe in the resurrection. The Greek word Christianos means follower of Jesus. And it is patently clear that the majority of people in our nation do not understand what the word Christian means. Should not surprise us. Because Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7 that on the last day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not do that? And he'll say, I never knew you. And so today we're going to think about what it means to follow Jesus. Because his call to follow him is not the call to nominally tick a box on a form to indicate that we are a Christian or what our religion is. It's a call that should transform our lives. It's a call that should transform our lives. And the first point today is this. Obedience leads to transformation. Obedience leads to transformation. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There are two responsibilities in that call. Follow me, that's our responsibility, and I will make you. That's God's responsibility. If we follow, 
obedience, it will lead to transformation. He will. Obedience leads to transformation. However, the transformation is dependent on our response. The call to follow Jesus goes out to us again today. In fact, it goes out to us every day. It's not just a one-off call at the point of salvation. This is a life call where each of us choose every single day to follow him. And it's a comprehensive call that goes out to everyone here in church. The invitation is open. The access into God's presence and his transformation is here and now. In the Old Testament, it was when a king extended his scepter that you were allowed to access his presence. And Jesus, in many respects, is the scepter of God extended to this world to allow us through the cross to have access into his presence and access into the transformation that he can bring. But it's dependent on our obedience. And the problem can often be that we misunderstand the transformation that Jesus wants to bring. And then what happens is we start to get things round the wrong way. We start to look for transformation before obedience before obedience and think of situations in our lives that need transformed and then our following of Jesus becomes dependent on whether he gives us that transformation or not. We start to think of things in our lives that need transformed and then our following of Jesus becomes dependent on whether we receive that transformation or not. God, if you sort out this situation, I will follow you. Or we start to look for transformation without obedience. God, I need a pay rise. But I can't give you my tithe because I've got far too big a mortgage. God, yes, I want to give you my all, but, but please don't ask me to forgive that person. Jesus, you, you promised me life to the full. That's great. Come on, let's be having it. That's wonderful. We forget that a few verses later, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. They follow me. We're looking for transformation before obedience or sometimes without obedience. And this is such a precarious stance to take because often the transformation we are bartering God with is not the transformation he wants for us. Now, of course, we should, we should bring every single one of our needs before God. Absolutely, 100%. God encourages us to do this. Cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Of course, we should absolutely do that. But our following of Jesus should never be dependent on whether he answers our prayers in the way we want. Our following of him should never be dependent on whether he answers our prayers the way we want because sometimes the transformation that we are looking for is not the one we have access to in God. It may not be his plan for us to get that job or that particular promotion or that specific healing or that specific relationship or that dream that we have in our hearts. And then because of the precarious nature of the stance, what happens is many people just fall away from God because they did not get what they want. They have a wrong understanding of the transformation that God wants to bring in each and every one of our lives today. A transformation that starts with obedience. 
Jesus says, follow me. He's calling us into a life where we live like him and where we become like him. That's the transformation that he wants to make in our lives. And as we obediently follow Jesus and the blueprint of his life outlined in scripture, as we hunger for more of him in our lives, then God does his part. Now, obviously we're not perfect. And if you're like me, you'll know that we all stuff up a, a, a lot of times. And we're fully dependent on his grace to sustain us, but also to, to free us and to inspire us to keep following and not give up in our lives. We're absolutely dependent upon that. And we need the grace of God in our lives. He says, follow me. He wants to make us more like Jesus. And when that happens, people will see the difference in us. And then that means we become fishers of men because of the work of God in each of our lives. Transformation of our lives will lead to the transformation of people in Dundonald. It will lead to the transformation of people in Ireland. And it comes from our obedience today to this call. Follow me. This is a call that can change the world. It's a call that can change the world. But it will cost us everything. It will see us wanting to forgive our enemies. It will see us wanting to hold on to Jesus in the midst of the, the difficulties of life rather than walk or run away from him. Wanting to give our absolute all to him. Jesus said, I am the way. I follow me. Follow me in the way. Even when it doesn't make sense, follow me. Obedience leads to transformation. Second point today is this. Follow me is a radical call. Follow me is a radical call. Not radical in how people associate that word with religion or even terrorism, but radical in the profound and the fundamental change it brings in our lives. And we know this because of the profound and fundamental change it made in the disciples' lives and what it meant for them. Here were these ordinary men going about their ordinary jobs on what seemed like an ordinary day, but then in the only way that Jesus can, he interrupted the ordinariness of the day and made it extraordinary with these words. Follow me. What an encounter. Now they had no idea at that time what following Jesus actually meant. But there was something so captivating, so appealing about this man, Jesus, that they were prepared to immediately go on a journey with him. They dropped everything and they followed him. Instantly, these men were given full access to Jesus, unlimited access to Jesus. They were given the blessing and honor of a bird's eye view of the ministry that would rock the world. They were part of the greatest mission on earth. And they had firsthand experience of hearing Jesus tell the parables that are still told around the world today. They saw remarkable miracles. They, they witnessed the power of Christ over Satan 
and his kingdom of darkness. And they learned in remarkable ways that God could use them. He could use each and every one of them. It didn't matter about their educational background. It didn't matter about their financial status. God could use each of them. He wanted them in his team. All they had to do was follow. So they became disciples. They became students. And what they soon learned did not involve flying around in opulent private jets or living in multi-million pound mansions like some American preachers do. What they learned was that following Jesus meant giving up everything. It meant giving up everything. This was not the call to a life of health and wealth and prosperity. This was the call to a life of sacrifice where materialism was pretty much irrelevant. In fact, what was relevant was reaching the poor, reaching out to the poor and helping them. Following Jesus had turned their lives absolutely upside down. It was a life of servanthood, a call to sacrifice where they'd walk in humility because Jesus was now king. He was in charge. They had to follow him. They could forget a life of comfort, a a life of ease, a life of convenience because soon they realized just how unpredictable life with Jesus was. And sometimes people sat enthralled with all of his teaching and other times they wanted to kick him out and chase them out. The religious leaders hated him. Jesus called the disciples out of the crowd into the minority on the narrow way. He called them out of the crowd into the minority on the narrow way. And they saw that following Jesus with no compromise was probably one of the best ways to find rejection and people to despise them. We'll find exactly the same thing. They found out that following Jesus, it could actually increase the storms of life, but they were willing to pay the price. They were willing to trust him without borders. They had the courage to be persecuted for their righteousness. And once convinced of the resurrection, they were all prepared to go to their death for this man. What they learned was following Jesus meant becoming like Jesus. And if people would mock and ridicule him, then they'll do exactly the same thing to us for being his followers. It's a call to radical obedience. Radical obedience. And it transformed them to be disciples who gave everything, even their lives. And what an honor it was for them to follow him, even in the midst of the difficult times, because it transformed them to be like Jesus and God used them. They became fishers of men. They were the ones that God worked through to start the greatest movement this earth has ever seen. It was a radical call, but the transformation came when they obediently dropped their nets and they followed him him. And many people actually referred to them in the early church as being followers of the way. And this, of course, is a radical call that didn't just come to the original 12 disciples. The apostle Paul, what did he face? He faced affliction. He faced hunger. He faced beatings, riots. When he was imprisoned for his faith, did he stop following? Did he stop following? Did he grumble and fall away from God? No, he sang songs. He kept following and God transformed him. And originally the guy who wanted to eliminate Christianity became one of his greatest servants. He blazed 
paths into barren ground for God because of the transformation on his life. He was part of the greatest movement on earth. Christians in the early church understood about the rising storm, water beating into the boat, about to swamp and engulf them, as many of them were persecuted and martyred for their faith. And today, in many parts of the world, Christians are still persecuted for their faith, and we need to pray for them. Why am I saying this? I'm saying it because the call to follow Jesus is a radical call to drop our nets and give up everything. It's a call to say, I'm following Jesus and no matter what my lot, no matter what comes my way, you're in control of my life, Jesus. You lead me, Jesus. You guide me, Jesus. You take me to where you want me to go, irrespective of the price. It's a call to surrender. It's a call to abandonment. To God, where our trust is without borders, where nothing is held back, and all that matters in our lives is loving Jesus, living for Jesus, and becoming like Jesus. That's it. That's all that matters. It's a radical call. And the third point today is that this radical call comes to us again today. Here we are, ordinary people on an ordinary Sunday, but could it be? That Jesus, in the only way that he can, wants to interrupt the ordinariness of this day and make it extraordinary by issuing these incredible words again, follow me, follow me. Some of you may be hearing this call for the first time because you've never given your life to Jesus or become a Christian. But for most of us, the call's coming for the umpteenth time. And we need that continual call in our lives and today's call is not about leaving here today and saying oh that was a nice wee service and go away unchanged it's not about a casual response it's a call to abandonment and obedience and following Jesus irrespective of the cost one of my favorite verses in the Bible is is Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 which says for I have been crucified with Christ I no longer live but Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I pray often that God would help me understand even a smidgen of what that verse means because I reckon at the heart of it is the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Another one of my favorite verses, Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live as Christ and to die is gain. Following him means that each of us want to stretch forward wherever we are in our lives and take that baton that's been passed down through the ages of faithful followers of Jesus and live for his glory where we deny ourselves, where we take up our cross and where we give little thought or concern to comfort and security where we hold lightly to our careers, where we hold lightly to our finances, where we hold lightly to our possessions because God might want to work through us in those scenarios, but he also might tell us that he wants us to give them all up and go and follow him in a different direction. Following me means hold lightly to the things of this world because it gives us a different focus. It gives us a completely different perspective. Why? Heaven is our home now. We are here as the ambassadors of Christ. 
We're here as his ambassadors, so we should not be overly concerned, folks, with position and wealth. We should not be overly concerned with position or wealth. Our lives should be all about obedience. Obedience to him. We're following Jesus, and if we do it, he'll transform us to be fishers of men. It's a radical call that makes us deeply unsatisfied with just singing songs here on a Sunday morning. Jesus, all for Jesus. We're deeply unsatisfied to just sing that because everything in our hearts saying, God, I want all of my ambitions, all of my hopes, all of my plans. I'm surrendering these into your hands. You take it all. We don't want to just sing. We want to live for him as he leads Is anyone up for this? Folks, God is not calling us into insignificance. This is the greatest call on earth. And if we obediently respond, he's going to transform us through the thick and thin of life to become more like Jesus, to become fishers of men. For me, follow me is a radical call that comes to us again today. But what's going to inspire us? What's going to inspire us to reach out and take that baton and follow on into the week that's ahead of us? whatever it may hold, what will inspire us here today? Maybe some of you are thinking, I have enough problems in my life without following Jesus. Why would I want to do that? Well, I'll tell you what will not inspire us first. What will not inspire us to follow Jesus is the thought of following a life that's just a big list of do's and don'ts. Jesus isn't calling us into a set of rules He's not calling us to sit comfortably in church to recite and sing a few creeds and go through a few rituals and I thank God for that. He's calling us into a relationship, into a deeper relationship with him where we naturally follow him in our lives every day, which will bring blessings and it will bring storms. So what's our inspiration? Our inspiration today is found in the me of follow me. Our inspiration is found in the me of follow me. It's found in Jesus. He's our inspiration today. Those disciples had no clue what following him was going to mean. There was just something so captivating, so awe-inspiring, magnetic and appealing about him that made them want to drop everything and follow him straight away. The inspiration to follow Jesus is Jesus. And we should follow him. Why? Well, because we believe he's the greatest man who ever walked the face of this earth. He is the very son of God. We should follow him because he accepts us exactly the way we are today. And he forgives us eternally for all the junk in our lives. We should follow him because he cares for us. Cast all your anxiety upon me because I care for you. We should follow Jesus because we believe he brings purpose and meaning into our lives. And hey, in an uncertain world, how great is it to have certainty in Christ? The certainty that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. No one's going to snatch us out of his hand. No one. And no matter what comes our way, every one of us is heaven bound. He's put a hope within us, folks, that can never perish, spoil, or fade away. Thank God for it. We should follow Jesus because even though the storms in life can come and that he does not insulate us from the circumstances of life, those storms can have a purpose because they can test our faith and in doing so they can prove that it's absolutely real. See, the disciples who struggled in so many ways, 
You turn over into the book of Acts and we'll see the same men turning the world upside down for Jesus because they'd followed him through the storms and their faith had been proved to be absolutely real. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. We should follow Jesus because when we look at his awe-inspiring life, his awe-inspiring ministry, everything in us should say, I want to live that. All he did when he was on this earth was bring hope into hopeless situations. Stand up against injustice. Stand up for those marginalized by society like widows, children, lepers, the lame, the blind, the crippled, and those with low self-esteem. He was the visionary who spoke of a world where the rich and the poor would be equal. In fact, he, he, he challenged the poor to sell, or the rich to sell all they had and give it to the poor. He was the one who had a vision where we would love each other and put each other's needs before our own. He wants us to feed the hungry. I cannot think of a better and more noble life and mission to follow than the one of Christ. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Is anyone up for this? And ultimately we should follow Jesus because he made the mission possible. He showed us what it meant to lay everything on the line when he went to the cross. The fact that he would go through our hell on a cross so that we could have heaven. In fact, he would reach into the darkness, plunge the darkness of our souls and the helplessness of our lives with his light and with his hope. It's incredible. Let's take the focus off whatever might hold us back today. This is not some little Jesus who pleads with us or calls us because he needs us. No, we desperately need him and the weight and the wonder and the majesty of the one who calls us is extraordinary. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the one the whole Old Testament points towards. He's the very centerpiece of history, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the Messiah of God, the Savior of the world, the Redeemer, the Sovereign King, who's also a shepherd of the weak, the light of the world and the hope of all nations. This is not someone who's worthy of casual acquaintance or nominal adherence where we just tick a box on a form. Either we turn or run from this call or we bow and we worship him. Is anyone up for this? He is calling us today to follow him, to be involved in the greatest mission on earth and to follow him. It's the greatest privilege any of us can know. Maybe there's uh, there'll be a non-Christian and hopefully many Christians here who will immediately drop their nets, refocus their hearts and say, Jesus, you're my all in all. I'm in. I'm in. I'm dropping my agenda. I'm a coming to you with empty hands. I'm coming to you, Lord Jesus. Is anyone up for this? Maybe today there'll be people who will set their faces like flint towards heaven and with determination go into the week ahead, go into their workplaces and love the people they struggle with, serve their employers with absolute integrity, go back to their families and seek reconciliation or whatever's needed, call up people to forgive, go into that second mile. This is the sort of commitment that holds nothing back. It holds nothing back. It's the commitment that's prepared to give up careers or whatever at the drop of a hat if he asks us to. Are we prepared to lay it all down again because of Jesus, our inspiration? 
And because we're part of the greatest cause, are we prepared to keep following him, even though persecution might come, which it will if we authentically follow Jesus? Keep going and press on. Is anyone up for this? And the first part of responding today, here's what it is. The first part of responding today to follow Jesus is this, to take one obedient step in the right direction. To take one obedient step in the right direction, a step through the hurt, a step through the pain, a step through the past, away from the past, a step through the confusion, the questions, the doubts, to say, God, I'm laying it all down. Is anyone up for this, folks? This is where we're going to get the worship team to come up and we're going to respond. You guys want to come up onto the stage? I just wonder... Has God challenged or rallied our hearts today with this radical call, follow me? It's the greatest call on earth. It's the greatest call on earth, a call to be more like Jesus. And there's nothing disqualifies us from taking that step in the right direction. There's only one thing would be disobedience. It doesn't matter who we are whether we're the youngest or the most senior person here, no matter what our past has been like, no matter how much we have stuffed up, His grace has got it covered. It doesn't matter what we feel about ourselves. It's irrelevant what our educational background is, what our financial status is. Jesus wants each and every one of us on His team. Is anyone up for this? Is there anyone here who wants to cry out, God, I'm yours, take my life. Use me, I'm dropping the nets. Everything I find security and purpose in, I'm dropping it now. Because I'm wanting to move on and be obedient to your words. And you know what? We're never going to find full freedom in our lives until we fully surrender to Jesus. We're never going to find full freedom in our lives until we fully surrender to Jesus and his purposes in our lives. And hey, often this call comes at the most disruptive and the most inconvenient times in our lives. But here we are, an ordinary people on an ordinary Sunday, but could it become extraordinary? Because Christ wants to reach into our lives with that call again to follow him, to give him our all. Because there's people here who said, Jesus, I am so up for this. I'm in. I'm in. I am so in. I don't want a life of spiritual mediocrity. I don't want to just drift through my life. I want to give you my absolute all. I want to give you my all because I'm yours. I want to be at the heart of this mission, the greatest mission on earth. And today, Jesus, I'm going to obediently take a step forward. That's all it takes today. An obedient step forward, maybe to draw that line in the sand for the past. Take a step forward of obedience into what he has for us. Feels daunting. Often it'll not make sense. But we're saying, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in, Jesus. Let's make this day count. Not another Sunday. Let's make this day count. Follow me. Obedience leads to I will make you. Transformation. It's a radical call. It's resounded through the ages and it comes to us again here today. 
What's the inspiration to take the baton and move on? It's Jesus. Tim, he's our inspiration. Absolutely 110%. His grace and his cause. Are you in? Are we all in? Let's all stand together. And what we're going to do is take these last few minutes to worship God. I know the Lord's been speaking to people here today. Let's take these last few minutes of worship to take a step across the line if that's what we feel we need to do. See, Jesus, the past, the hurt, the pain, everything, the indifference. I'm moving on. I'm moving into your new life. Whatever you need to do, friend, whatever response you need to make, if you need to get on your face before Almighty God and say, Jesus, I am in. If you need to sit in your seat because you can't even stand because of the pain and the brokenness in your life and just those tears that are rolling down your cheek, you want to use them to say, Jesus, I'm in. You do it. If you need to come up to the front here and ask Davey or myself or anyone on the team to pray for you, you absolutely do it. But let's make sure we do one thing and that is respond. Obedience. Obedience leads to transformation. Let's give them our all. Let's give them our all. Amen. God bless you, folks.